You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Looking to step up your Mother's Day flowers? The Home Depot has an idea. Let mom's green thumb do some digging with colorful flowers, pots, and premium soils to bring out the most in her patios, walkways, and gardens. Right now, get Vigoro Potting Soil, just $8.97 for strong, healthy, vibrant plants indoors and outside. Shop our wide selection online and pick up your order in-store and give mom the gift of a beautiful garden. Get Vigoro Potting Soil, just $8.97 at The Home Depot. How doers get more done. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles, ready for next day installation, and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring. Conversations on life, style, beauty, and relationships. It's the Velvet's Edge podcast with Kelly Henderson. Ray Tapp is here. She's the founder of Sound, which is essentially embodied leadership methodology. That is a big tongue twister for me, that last word. (laughs) Hi, Ray. How are you? I'm so good. So happy to be here. How are you? I'm good. Thanks. I'm so glad that we're finally connecting. I feel like we've been back and forth. It's been almost a year now, right? Yeah, maybe longer. Yeah, maybe longer. Um, I love seeing any woman that's really just like I can feel the energy even via Instagram of just full embodiment. And I would say like maybe the energy is just comfortability in your own skin, like just being comfortable in your own skin. And I really feel that from you. And so when we connected about what you're doing and just the things that you're teaching other women, um, that was the first thing that went into my head because I'm always like, I want to go after people who like they have something I want, you know, mm-hmm. like. And so I think for a lot of women, that's kind of a struggle these days. You say you, you're a teacher for high achieving women who are ready to deepen their overall quality and intimacy of their lives in every area. Why high achieving women? Like, why do they seem to come to you? Yeah, that seems to be the type of woman. And I think it's because I myself have struggled with this high achieving perfectionist. The inner punisher has been like a a force in me. Um, And I think that our modern world kind of primes us for that, right? Like there's competition. There's never enough. There's always this this pushing forward and a real resistance that I see at least to to being right here and letting right here be enough. And those tend to be, you know, I work with everyone, but those tend to be the women that are like, all right, what I've done is not working. Like, let's try something new. Yeah. So they can't finally come to you when they're realizing the achieving isn't where it's all at. Yeah. And we get to do that. We get to achieve all the things and hopefully not through this lens of sacrificing everything else, you know? Yeah. I love that. You kind of just touched on this, but I wanted to talk about inner protectors because immediately when I read about high achieving women and I have been in that category for a lot of my life, but I think I was always kind of just chasing 
needs that weren't necessarily even about the achieving that I was doing, if that makes sense. Like feeling like for me to feel like a whole person or for me to be enough, I had to get X, Y, and Z. Um, And that was a protecting strategy for me because it kept me from feeling some of the feelings I needed to feel. Um, So can you talk a little bit about what an inner protector is? Yeah. You know, our inner protector shows up in so many ways, some obvious and some really, really sneaky. And the sneaky ways are often the more challenging ones to work with because they're not front and center. But essentially, our protector is a pattern, a habit, a way of navigating challenging moments through life that is protecting us from feeling something we don't want to feel. Sometimes it's a feeling we're very aware of, right? Like I have a lot of women come to me who want community, but they have deep sisterhood wounds, mother wounds, abandonment wounds. And so putting themselves out there feels terrifying. So their protector is isolation and lone wolf and misindependent. Okay. Others can be very sneaky, ones that we're not so aware of. Um, How we are in relationships. You know, if intimacy is something we're really craving and really desiring, but maybe we don't have that that back of ourselves. We don't have our deep trust in ourselves, our strong footing in relationship. Our protector can come out in wild ways, right? Like starting fights when we don't need to start a fight or projection that we don't even realize we're projecting our stuff onto our partner. And so through the work of identifying our protectors, we can actually get closer to what we really want and not get in our own way, you know? Yeah. I mean, that's what I was just thinking is how much of it is conscious versus subconscious. So I guess maybe that's kind of some of the work that you're doing with women. Yeah. Yeah. I think we've got both. We've got our, we all know like our things. We yeah. do. Like, oh, yeah. there it is again. <laughs> and then we've got the sneakier ones that that we unpack for our life. You know, there's no arrival. I think it's a continual unpacking of, of healthier strategies and less avoidant or um, like bracing for impact type of strategies. Mm, waiting for the next shoe to drop kind of thing. Yeah. yeah. You mentioned when you first reached out um, that you had been listening to the podcast I did with Matt Zeman and he was talking about psychedelics and you said your protector really came up during a mushroom ceremony. So he and I shared, if you guys haven't listened, go back and listen to that podcast because we both shared about, like I shared about my psilocybin journey. And he also talked a lot about his experiences and I did not experience what you described. And so I'm fascinated and I want to know, you said your protector came up big time during your ceremony. Will you share that story with listeners? Yeah. Yeah. I was with uh, 10 or 12 other women and I was the only one that had this experience, um, which made the protector even stronger, right? Because okay. then it was like, well, what's wrong with you? Why is no one else having this? You're tripping yeah. on wrong. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but basically I had never experienced that extreme, um, shift in my physical sensation. Like I didn't do a lot of drugs growing up. I hated the feeling of drinking too much. So just being Mm. out of my body in any way was like wildly uncomfortable. And so as the medicine started coming on any sensation that I got, my inner protector was like, this isn't safe. Something's wrong. Um, you took too much, you didn't prepare enough, you don't have the navigation tools to handle this. And so as much as I tried, you know, my breath work, my practices, everything Mm -hmm. I teach, I didn't have an anchor to feel safe enough in my body. And so my, there was no other choice in that moment than my protector being like, I'll do the work for you, which I think then really 
I couldn't even, re- I mean, we received the medicine we're meant to receive, but I couldn't even really connect with the medicine because it was me and me just like in a drag down boxing match. Yeah. Like I remember looking out the window being like, okay, the sun has not started to rise. So I've probably got at least six more hours. Like I was just in such like a clench, you know? Yeah. I love that you say though, that the medicine always gives us what we need. And I think because that's what people always say to me. They're like, well, tell me what it's like. And I'm like, I can't tell you what it's going to be like though. You know, and I will share my story a little more. It's like, it's also, um, stressful because it's like, I don't want them to think that my experience is going to be what theirs looks like because you get exactly what you're supposed to and not in a way that's like, oh, well, my trip was great and yours sounds scary or something. And so that's like punishment. It's more like whatever we're supposed, whatever lesson we're supposed to meet or whatever thing we're supposed to work through, like it's ready to be seen and worked through. That's the thing we get. So when you were realizing what was realized, did you understand that that was a protector or did you know, were you like, I just got to let go? Like, how did you work through it? I didn't until like days after. Um, I remember coming down from the medicine and being with my teacher and I just sobbed. And I was like in a lot of anger and my protector was still there trying to protect me in the physical, me in the spiritual. And I remember saying like, I live such a healthy life. I've worked so hard to not be out of my body. And I just took fungus and was disembodied. And like, what the fuck did I just do? And just had like a ton of anger. I couldn't even see the medicine yet. Um, and she illuminated my teacher was like, I mean, just listen to the way you're talking. Like you're pun- you're punishing yourself right now for trying to heal. Like that punisher, it, it was illuminating to me a protector I didn't really know I had. Mm. So I, I did get the medicine, not in this beautiful like gorgeous ceremony that, you know, we probably hope for, but over, you know, my few weeks of integration, I really got to see, okay, a surrender is not just like take a deep breath and like surrender is such a nuanced thing. We have to kind of be taught how to do, like we have to create safety to feel like we can surrender. Yeah. And that my medicine really was like, thank God I found that that Punisher was so alive because now I get to work with her in such a dear mm. way and not just this further perpetuation of, of punishing. Yeah. So that's kind of what I was like, the subconscious part of the protector that I was mentioning. So you didn't, you weren't even aware that that was happening, right? Like in your life on a daily basis. So with people listening, that might be like, I mean, I'm good. I don't think I have protectors. I mean, we all have protectors, right? And so how do we start to recognize these? I think that we start looking at where in our life we have a desire because okay. our desire and our our pain point or our vulnerability are very linked. Like we can't have this grand desire without a, it's like we, we got a little skin in the game. So when we can look at that contrast or that polarity of where our desires are and what that activates in us, it could be a worthiness piece, a vulnerability piece, a lack of self-trust piece, like endless things. Mm-hmm. That's one space we can start to explore. And I think another is, is where are you seeing patterns continually happen in your life or beliefs continually mm-hmm. start to trickle in? Like I, I say, I didn't know I had that protector, but now looking back, I can track it. You know, right. I have, I had a little bit of like, I would have big milestones and not celebrate it and just move on to the next. And people would be like, what? Like there was this kind of like masculine, come on, do more, try harder, be better. Yeah. 
but it was, it was sneaky. <laughs> as yeah. Sometimes. <laughs> yeah. Well, you talk a little bit about, um, becoming like part of the work that you do in Selm is helping women to become aware of emotions and sensations that we're avoiding. So similar to what we're just talking about, like how often are you getting people who are like, but why would I want to do that? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, like, I think that our brains do such a good job. Our brains are fascinating to me because they do such a good job of protecting us from painful situations. And so like, it feels actually like our brains are really kind and well-intentioned because they just want to keep us safe. But ultimately, like you said, it can start showing up in patterns. I know that's been the case for me or like just complete burnout finally, because I'm like operating on such a system of being so disconnected from all of my feelings. So is it important to do that? Like, what if you're like listening, thinking, well, I don't want to feel the pain. Like, why should we? Yeah. There's so many things. <laughs> okay. Tell us all. First of all, you likely are you you likely are already are feeling that pain you don't want to feel. Yeah. Um, and that can look like a, a feeling of lack. Like I don't want to open up this door because of all of the intensity that's there. So then we stay on the surface and eventually we get to this, this space of like, what do I really like looking around you and you're like, what do I really even have? Mm. Right. So yes, like I just had a woman graduate Selma and she's like, I don't really love big emotions. I do really, I'm in the brain. I'm a teacher. Like I'm pretty good at just compartmentalizing. And she's like, I would love to like share my life with somebody. I would love to not work 60 hours a week and just distract myself and call that enough. Mm -hmm. But yeah, we get to a point where we're like, okay, I'm fine. And fine's not enough anymore. Yeah. It's funny you say that. I had um, a friend at dinner last night say, you know, I've worked my whole life to get to this point. And now I got here and I'm just like over it. I don't care. (laughs) And it's just so interesting because I do think our culture is set up that way a lot. You know, we're chasing these like mile markers so often. And then we get there. And like you said, you just kind of pass by it. You're like, oh, got there, check, done. But it's not satisfying at at a soul level. So it feels incomplete, maybe. Like that would be the feeling that I would describe. What's a feeling that you hear women describing a lot of times when they're not really like fully embodying all their feelings and emotions? Numb. So many women come to me feeling numb. And then what that translates into is chasing peak experiences, right? Mm. So I'm feeling numb because I don't want to feel the challenge, but then I'm, our bodies are craving more or alcohol or shopping or, right, you know, all the things. Cause we do want to feel more mm. and to feel more of a good thing. Like we got to just be okay. Feeling a little bit more of the challenge too, which that polarity work is a big piece of Selm as well. Like how do we prime our nervous system for the contrast of life? Like it is full of contrast. And when we let go of that fear, that's where like true expansion, true love, true fulfillment, true success starts to trickle in. What do you mean polarity? Tell me more about that. So it's, you know, it's a law of the universe of everything. Everything has its its opposite equal. And so, and, and we need that for, for balance. We need that for harmony. So as your, I'm sure you can testify to this, as you've gained more success, mm-hmm. I'm sure there's also been more challenge and more Mm-hmm. just a headache and pain and criticism and who knows what else. And same so with love. like the deeper you get in love, the more vulnerability and heartbreak is there. Mm. Like it's, we can't have one without the other. 
God, that one just hit me because I think in relationships, a lot of times we just want the good stuff. And so it's like, that's just interesting to think about on a deeper level, because if you're not actually allowing space for the painful emotions, you probably can't feel love to the capacity that you could if you just opened yourself completely up. Totally. Ugh, that one just hit me. Okay. Um, Well, let's talk about some of the work that you do. And um, I kind of want to understand what it looks like when people come to Selm, like what, what is the process and what can they expect moving forward? Yeah. So Selm is essentially embodied leadership and really it's everything we're talking about. We move through life so fast and with these goals and these checks, checklists and how often are we actually feeling the entire sensory experience? Mm-hmm. And you had mentioned the brain being such a beautiful protector and the brain is going off of the body. So the brain is creating a meaning, creating a filter, creating a strategy based off of a past lived experience. Whereas the body, if we're open to it, is responding to right now. And so the point of sensual embodiment is not like roses and orgasms and white dress. It's like true attunement to the now so we can move in alignment and clarity. So when women join Selm, there's an application process, and we've usually got about two cohorts running at once. Ten women are in each cohort, ten or less. So they're very intimate. They're very personal. It's about 50% curriculum that I'm teaching, and then 50% like what that is activating in your life. So it's not a like content-heavy certification like study program. It's really embodiment and infiltrating all of this into your daily experience. So it's a three-month program. We weave together for a little over three months. We're meeting every single week. And then halfway through, there's the option for an in-person ceremony. So I bring them here to my home in Nashville. And we're together for two days. And we basically take everything we're doing in Selm and we bring it, you know, like hearts on the floor in a circle together. And we we work it out. All the wounds come up. All of the fears of being seen come up. The fears of being too much, not enough feeling all the things we don't want to feel. And so we get that anchor point to, to be in person together mm-hmm. and then have another month and a half of, of coaching and mentoring. I've never heard it explained so well, the, the balance between the brain and the body. And what I have found, at least, I don't know if you resonate with this at all, but I did about a decade of like therapy and 12-step work. And I have so much head knowledge. I say this all the time. Like I was, and I was just wanting to feel better so bad that I probably read like any book you could think of or, you know, any um, curriculum inspired program. I've done it all, I feel like. And then what the last couple of years has really brought up for me is having that head knowledge and then also getting to a place in my life where I just experienced complete burnout and crash because I was operating still so stuck in my head and like even though I was making decisions that seemed maybe logical on paper, like logical being the keyword because it was mind driven, my body always knew I shouldn't be doing certain things that ended up not working out. But I wasn't, I couldn't get there. Like I wasn't allowing it or I would kind of like let that disconnect happen. So I feel like now what I'm doing is a lot more somatic kind of therapy. Like, first of all, could you talk about that difference maybe? Because I didn't even understand. Like, I think it's a little more talked about now, but like, I didn't understand the difference between 
talk therapy and then like somatic therapy. So can you explain to the listeners the difference there? Yeah. And our journey is very similar. Um, yeah. and you think that it is helpful to have the, the mind awareness first, because mm-hmm. the somatic world is, it's the unseen, the unfelt, the untangible, right? Really hard for humans to like dive fully into without some of that. That, that makes sense. Yeah. Foundation. Um, so not knocking any of that. A lot of the the mind work has been pivotal for me. Same. And it's like, we all know the people that are really good at, at consuming and regurgitating information. Mm-hmm. When we're only living in the mind, that's kind of what we're doing to ourselves. We're like memorizing things. Mm-hmm. And then there's a disconnect again, because the mind is simply responding off of the sensations that we're getting in the body. And then we're putting this like filtration on it and forcing everything to go through that. That's why we get stuck in loops. We yeah. have a theory that when we're vulnerable with women, we get judged and hurt. And so then our we don't even know it, but our body or our mind rather, because it's trying to protect us, is seeking out proof for that. Yeah. Yeah. Over and over and over again. When we can drop into the body a little bit more, we can track like right now, even you and me, like what sensation is alive. I bet we're probably feeling something in the same spots in our body because we're in this field together right now in real time. You know, so it's creating a little bit more truth. It's creating more intimacy. It's creating more, more, uh, I want to say accurate wisdom Mm -hmm. to be able to have that access point with the body, right? Like you're saying someone's presenting you with something and you're like, on paper, this looks great. And if you can feel that thing in your body, that's like, but wait, it's not the time. It's not the person, not yet. That's where our life becomes this aligned masterpiece with ourself instead of a plug and play Mm. pattern. Yeah. A lot of times I won't even know why, like what you just explained is even more descript than what I would be able to figure out yet. But like, I'll have this feeling and there's a specific feeling I get in my gut that I'm now really in touch with. I still don't fully understand it, but I don't know that I need to, or maybe it'll just become more clear as I keep doing it. But if I feel it, I make a decision, like if it's a no or whatever, and I won't always know why. And sometimes it doesn't play out till months later, but there's always a reason. And my body is always right. There has never been one time where I'm like, oh, my gut was wrong there. Never, (laughs) like ever. My mind has been wrong. You know, like I've made decisions based on that or like we said, the paper or um, what other people are telling me. But if I go against my body every time, it's wrong. And if I go with my body, even if I don't understand, it's right. Yeah. And I think something that is so challenging is we're in a society that wants to see data and proof. And yes, and so, again, like coming back to the high achieving aspects of ourselves, it can be very challenging to trust yeah. that. Like, I don't know why, but it's a no. Yeah. And, and people had- are like, what? what yeah. You- <laughs> it doesn't make sense, you know? And I've had to do that with, you know, business agreements and business mm-hmm. partnerships where I'm like, I look fucking crazy. Just yes. because I've got a hunch. And of course, there's there's practices that we have. So we're not just like flailing around with every mm-hmm. single impulse we get. But like you said, the body knows it's never wrong. And when we can get to a place of like, it's cool if people misunderstand me, like it's cool. Yeah. Um, But it's hard. It's very hard. It is hard. I even, it's, it's even bigger for me than if people misunderstand me. Cause sometimes it's like, I don't even understand. (laughs) 
<laughs> like, I'm just like, I don't know, but I'm having that feeling. And for whatever reason, I can't settle it. And what I no longer do is try to settle my gut. Like, I just go with it. Do you know what I mean? Whereas in the past, I would be like, oh, but this sounds so good. Like, just, it's okay. You're just nervous, whatever. And now I'm like, no, 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 no. For whatever reason, my gut cannot calm down into this. And so whatever I need, if I need to work through something, that'll present itself. If I um, need to say no, I'll find out later why. Like, it's just, I don't know. It's always in tune. I love that you brought that piece up around I used to try to push down an uncomfortable feeling and now I let it. Yeah. That's such an important piece. Like our body doesn't waste energy. It's not giving us a sensation just to like fuck around, you know? And so when we can, and that's, you know, part of when I talk about bringing pleasure around our pain, that's a piece of it is, can we just open up to this uncomfortable feeling so we can extract the lesson, the medicine, the wisdom, the redirection, instead of pushing it down, grabbing a pill, Mm-hmm. Walking in more hours, going faster. When we can soften our body enough to feel what's really there, it doesn't matter if it makes sense up here. Mm-hmm. When we can soften enough to truly feel it, that's where clarity comes in that doesn't have to make sense to feel clear. Yeah. Even. When I think one of the things that I was getting confused, and something you said actually just really helped me with this, but you said the body is in the present and like the mind can be in the past. Is that right? Is that what you said? Okay. And so with that, because some of the time, when I would be having like an emotion come up from my gut, I would associate, I'd be like, oh, well, maybe this is just fear from a past experience and I'm putting it on this. Mm -hmm. But that is when I'm in my head. Like what you just said is so clarifying for me because if it's coming from my gut and my body, it's probably in the moment right now. And if it's me overanalyzing a situation, maybe that is a past trigger. Is that a good way to decipher it? great way and i'll throw in like a little piece to make it extra confusing (laughs) okay (laughs) are we can have the opposite in a way so if you get yourself in a mind loop that can sense things to your body right you can anxiety right into your body by starting to to do the mind thing okay but like you already said it's when you get that first initial feeling and it's in the body first and then the mind starts creating Mm -hmm. all of the trails then you know the difference you know yeah yeah for sure wait say that part again like they ping pong it's it takes a little discernment practice to understand like is this coming from my body first or is my mind influencing Mm -hmm. my body Mm -hmm. that's one of the ways that meditation really helps me because it helps quiet my mind a lot um well how important i mean i know everyone in this world I'm sure it's important to operate in in connection with our body, but I do feel like there's something with women specifically where our intuition is our guiding force. And it's like a huge skill set that we have as women. So can you talk a little bit about that? Like how important is it for women to be in touch with themselves this way? Mm. I mean, so important for everybody. <laughs> yeah. So, like, you know, and I hope when listeners are hearing this, I'm, I'm not strictly talking gender, but the, the masculine and the feminine in all of us mm-hmm. and, and as a whole, right? Like men and women. So both. If men were leading from their body and from, from their intuition, they'd be healthier, right? They'd be leading their women or their partners or their business or whatever in a clearer way. And to get to your question with women, the nature of the feminine is feeling based. 
It's why we have more emotions. It's why we have a more sensitive field. It's why we have the waves. Like we're given that as a gift because it's our coding to we women respond. Men are decisive and we've got both in us. Like yeah. you've got your masculine essence that can turn on. You've right. got your feminine essence. We've all got both. And there's been a big, this is probably like touch some buttons on people, but this like hustle girl boss, I can do everything a man can do has actually, and I want to be like so successful and have all the things too. So like, totally. not, not and we don't operate the same. Mm-mm. Like the woman does not operate the same. That's why so many women are burnt out. It's why women are having a, a struggle with why is all this weight on me that's not coming off? Why am I always fatigued? Why is my relationship falling apart? Why is I can't communicate? Like we're not operating from our natural coding. Yeah. Fast paced, never enough, do it like a man, prove ourselves. And the feminine in us has, has really been pushed away. And so with that, now there's just intrinsically, we push the feminine away in one aspect, we push her away in others. So now there's shame around our sexuality. Mm -hmm. There's shame around our emotions. There's shame around our body. Right. And so when we can start to come back to that, and this doesn't mean all my women out there, like in corporate world, you have to completely rattle your life, right? but it's bringing back little moments in your day where you can find her, where you can track her, you can feel her. You can say to yourself, like, throw the book away, throw the logic away. What does my body need right now? Mm-hmm. I mean that, like if every single woman asked herself that every day, like <laughs> that'd be enough. That'd be amazing. Yeah. And I listen- love well, I love that you touched on the the girl boss because, and I have gotten some shit for saying this too, but I'm like, that's not it. Like, and I tried to operate from that place and that was when everything started to fall apart. And it's not bad per se. It's just like knowing that for me to operate at my highest capacity, it's probably not going to look like that. And like the other thing that I was just thinking when you were talking was talking about how women... Like we do have more feelings. And I used to feel so much shame around that. Like yeah. to try to stifle those things or like, like I'm a super sensitive person in general. And that made me feel weak. But yeah. I like now I'm starting to be like, wait, no, this is like an extra superpower because I can get so much more in tune with everyone around me than a lot of people that I see, you know? So it's like finding the ways to use that in a positive capacity. You have a line on your website that I love. It said, um, for sensitive women becoming liberated leaders. And I really do feel this shift in our culture a little bit of like the women or feminine energy maybe being a little more tapped into. Do you feel that? Like this like, hey, we are a little more sensitive and let's figure out how to use that in a positive way. You know, it's hard to tell if I'm seeing that because I'm just surrounded by it now or if I'm feeling a collective shift. I'm not sure. That's a good I would point. Love to, I would love to say yes, and I'm going to hold that vision. Um, and, you know, I just want to kind of circle back to like, it's not that we can't do all of the things, right? Like when we're talking about girl boss hustle culture, sure. it's that we're going to do them different. Yeah. Right? It's the masculine might have, and you might be a more masculine embodied woman, right? Yeah. So like, oh, this is going to be on a unique spectrum for you. For me, I cannot do more than like three meetings a day and I can't be, I can't be responding to like scheduling and tech. And it like a man might be able to do that and like it not tax his energetic field for me, like every single piece of interaction takes a little 
piece for me. Right. For me to be successful, I just know I have to do it a little different. Mm. And so I just want to give that kind of statement of it's not that because you're a woman, you can't. Just yeah. Can't. It's hard to put that into words, but I like, I, I think we're, you and I are saying the same thing too. And I think sometimes maybe I've presented it publicly as like, no, it's not, it's not that it's not the girl boss, but it it's like what you just said, like our day for me at least, and maybe there are women who operate differently, but like, I didn't realize how much I was inhibiting myself by operating on such a strict schedule with no pause. Like I have to have pause to set into myself. And now there will be days where I have to walk myself back from my shame that I need a break. Yeah. Like it takes, a, it's taking a lot of rewiring for me to be like, it's okay to not be everywhere all the time, posting all the time, doing all this stuff. Like it's more about quality for me instead of like quantity, maybe. I don't know. I still have that. I still yeah. often I'm like, my story is a little different. I'm like, who am I to delegate all this to my assistant? Who am I to say that I can only do three meetings a day? Like, right. I have those stories come up and then I have to walk myself back to like, if that's not enough, then I don't know what to tell you. Yeah. (laughs) Tell you, tell me, you know, um, like I, as I've gotten deeper on my journey, I just know what my capacity is for the world to get the most embodied and liberated and pure version of me. I can go faster and do more, but you're going to get like the short tempered, the not as embodied, the not as intuitive version of me. And I don't like that version as much. So, right. Well, it's not bringing your full skill set to the table. That seems like the way that I heard you just say that seems like it comes with a lot of self-acceptance, confidence in who you are, appreciation for who you actually are and not trying to be any different than that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, let's talk a little bit about um, tapping into pleasure practice and what that looks like. I know we, you mentioned you were like, I can go really far with this <laughs> or I can like keep it a little service level. I tend to go really far. So let's just go. So talk about it. <laughs> oh, yes. Oh, where to even start? It's. <laughs> I think that this, when people first hear me talk about it, it gets misunderstood. Okay. And I'll just say what I'm not saying. What I'm not saying is bring pleasure in to just like take a break from the pain or toxic positivity of like feel the good and everything. It's so not that. Like bringing yeah. your pleasure can actually be such a, deep and painful initiation at first. Yeah. Okay, we're bringing up any residual shame that maybe we, we were unaware of or aware of. We're bringing up new layers of vulnerability. We're feeling things deeper. You can't have, like we've talked about, you can't have pleasure without feeling. So we're mm. opening up a whole new spectrum of feeling. But one of the things that has been time and time again, it's funny, it's what I get the most pushback for and then also the most like, holy fuck, it worked for. So the balance. <laughs> the balance, that contrast. Yes. But is pleasure for alchemizing and like moving pain through the body. Okay. And what I'm seeing with women is women are coming to me and they're having these big fears, these big moments of grief, these really painful experiences happening in their life. And when I tell them that we want, I want to do this practice with them, they're like, how the fuck do you expect me to feel this even more? It's already taking over my life. Like I'm going to sink into the abyss and not come Yeah, back. yeah. Which is, again, is the mind. 
the mind saying like, it's not safe to go there. The body is fully equipped to feel all the way. And so what we're doing in a pleasure practice to move pain. And of course I'm guiding them through this and then they're taking it home to the privacy of their house to do the practice. But we're essentially wrapping your body in the full sensation of whatever the pain is. So let's say I had a a client lose a friend, a, a friend died. And I had her wrap herself in the full, full experience, like put on the sad playlist, take yourself all the way there. We are always teetering in our modern world of feeling it just enough. Mm. And it becomes this scary monster under the bed that's like always there. And so we create a safe space. You know, we make sure there's someone in the house that, you know, is there in case we need support. Mm-hmm. We put on the sad song. We we let our body feel it all the way. We use the breath. We use movement practices to open up the body. So we're not in a restriction. We're not in a freeze. We're not in a brace. And we let the emotion come as it will. Sometimes it's through sound. Sometimes it's shaking. Sometimes it's crying. And mind you, these women have been working with me now for a time. So they've got some practice. Yeah. And then we eventually start to bring touch into their body. They're doing this on their own but bringing touch in. So we're still connecting with the body, even in deep grief and deep pain and deep fear. And eventually it takes as long as it takes, but they bring pleasure in. They move into a self-pleasure practice because what starts to happen is we dissolve this, this barrier of pleasure and pain. It becomes one, it becomes one big sensation. And if they can get themselves to peak pleasure to an orgasmic state, the vibration of the orgasm can actually start to move that pain fully through the body. And this sounds woo-woo. It's actually very (laughs) like how our bodies were designed. Totally. No, it makes complete sense to me. Because energy in its natural state is moving. Mm -hmm. When energy stops moving, it becomes disorganized. It Mm -hmm. shows up as, you know, all of the ways it shows up in our physical body and our daily life. So when we can be courageous enough to feel that scary feeling, that painful feeling all of the way, and hold ourselves with pleasure right there next to it, and then bring ourselves to that peak experience of letting it move all the way through the body, there is so much liberation and freedom on that other side. And I've yet to have a client not experience it. Really? Uh, Watch, after this, I'll have like a bunch of women that I'm triggering. (laughs) (laughs) But so far, I've never had a woman, um, I've had women wait, you know, some women go through some and they never even try it. And then I get a text six months later and they're like, oh my God. <laughs> it <We moved>. did. <laughs> it happened. Yeah. I actually had that experience. Um, I was thinking this was crazy, but a friend of mine was like, you should go try this tantric massage thing. And there was no, the, that's, this sounds like I was like getting a happy ending. It wasn't like that. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it was the experience of using breath and someone else's energy to help shift. Like I could physically feel energy shifting in my body. And like you said, a lot of sound and release. Um, And then she sent me home with homework, just like what you're talking about. And like, I think that it does sound scary, especially as women. It's like, I don't remember being taught that that was okay. You know, like I do feel like men have a little bit of a leg up on us there because they're taught that that is good from day one. And we're taught to make sure they have good, <laughs> like, but it's, there's some sort of tie where it's like, when you can shift into actually feeling the energy within your body, there is so much power and so much release in 
a different way of just like, oh, yeah, that felt really good. I had an orgasm or whatever. It's like a full body release and expression of emotion and all of that. Yeah. Am I saying I, that right? I don't know if that even made sense. <laughs> oh, for sure. And I think when we, which we haven't been taught this, but when we stop seeing even just the orgasm or sexuality as that was good or that wasn't good. And we yeah. really, as your body is a vessel that can heal you. Like your yeah. body has every single thing it needs to heal you. The sound frequency through your voice, the vibration through your orgasm and your breath the movement, like your body has everything. And so sometimes, yeah, your orgasms in a sex magic practice might look and sound like death. Yeah. <laughs> not what you're seeing in porn. It's not what you've been taught. Like, no. When we see ourselves as a healing vehicle, I yeah. think our that starts to shift. Ugh, I love that. I love that expression. Um, well, if people are looking, okay, let's say, someone is listening to this and they're like, you know what? My life is pretty good though. Uh, but I'm feeling that unfulfilled feeling. Like what would you say would be a good place to start? Mm. You know, a lot of women do come and, well, I wouldn't say a lot. Most women come to me pretty <laughs> struggling, but yeah. they come and they're like, things are good, but I want what you have. Like I want, yeah. deep body. I want full expression. I want vulnerability. I just want to feel more free. And it's like, wherever you are is the perfect place to start. As long as there is a enough willingness to come in and not, you know, to come in with a beginner's mindset and come in open to seeing a different perspective and not be yeah. lost for your way. Yeah. And like, wherever you are is the perfect place to start. I don't know that there's, that there's much more to, to it than that. Um, start just, a breathwork practice with yourself. Yeah. Just especially if you're in that category of high achieving, fast paced, like challenge yourself. Can you mm -hmm. do five minutes a day? Because if you can't, we've got some things to change. Mm -hmm. Start there. Yeah. And I hear just a lot of maybe if you feel like you're lacking joy or fulfillment. And like, I think that we can have a lot in our material world and still have those feelings. And so if you, or like for me, it was, um, I just didn't know myself. And I, and I, as much as I thought I was like an independent thinker, when I really sat with myself and someone would be like, well, what do you like? What do you want to do? And I was like, I have no fucking clue. Like mm -hmm. literally, even though I had a lot of outwardly success or people were like, oh, you're killing it. I just couldn't even tap into what my own desires were in life. In At any what capacity. point did you know that you didn't know? Does that make sense? Yeah. Um, I don't know if it was that tangible as like this one moment because it was over such a long period of time of just like having that question asked and then trying to maybe like learn through my mind. And like you said, I needed all of that foundation and I needed to understand my childhood and my past and how any of that was affecting me. But then I think what happened was just getting to the place of like complete crash. And so I obviously would hope that no one else has to get to that point. But for me, it was, I had to get to the place of like, I physically can't do this anymore. And then my mind shutting down and then my, like just all of it was all at the same time to just be like, okay, something's got to give and I have to stop. Like it was just like, I had to stop. Yeah. You know, ideally we don't all have to hit rock bottom or right. where we get there. But I think many of us do because one thing that a lot of, I have a woman I'm working with one-on-one -on -one right now and she's still, she's been with me for six months and every once in a while has that like, but I do actually have a good life. Like who am I to even want more? 
Like, don't, you know, there's the element of, we don't know what we want. And then there's also this, like, am I allowed to want more? Like there's a whole world struggling out there. Like, am I allowed? Mm -hmm. And what I'll say to that is like you and your highest expression is really fucking good for everyone around you. Like people in their body, more people in their truth, more people healing, like, one of my like mottos in Selm is what's best for you is inherently what's best for those around you. I so yeah, agree. you are, you are worthy of more. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, we do themes every month. We do like a word and this month is metamorphosis. Mm-hmm. And so if you had to look at some of maybe your journey and then now what you're seeing in the women that you work with, what does metamorphosis look like? The first thing that's coming through is like letting die everything you thought was the thing. Mm, yeah. Letting die the safety nets, the, even some of the tools, you know, that we're like latching onto because the true freedom is like who you be when you don't have any of that. Like, mm. you know, I'm going through me and my partner are going through some pretty large challenges right now in life, not together, but externally. Yeah. There were some moments where I'm like, I'm like looking in my tool bag. I don't fucking have the tool. Like yeah. I'm a teacher and I don't fucking have the tool. Yeah. <laughs> like metamorphosis has been like, who do you be when it's dark as fuck? And mm. like when the light's out and you've got nothing but you. And I hope, and that's my intention, that that's what I'm bringing my students is that ability of having yourself without the books and the podcasts and the tools and the meds and the, the, all the things. I love that without the safety nets. Um, Okay. Well, if anyone is listening and they are interested in the program, I know you also do a big trip. Can you talk a little bit about what that is? Yeah. So Selm is the three month container. And then the option, if you want to keep working and keep diving deeper, we let women who have gone through Selm come into embodied leaders. And that's And that's like deep dive. We have guest speakers, women who go through that are exercising their leadership and they're leading some of the calls. And through that is the rewilding retreat. And so we go to Costa Rica, we spend a week and a half, we're doing all the work and we're fusing pleasure in. Like, it's so important to me to, to bring women into a space of like the work gets to be enjoyable. I so don't want to go the field of like, we have to be in the dark and in the fight every day and bring up your shadow. Like, yeah. Life's going to do that already. Yeah. Um, so we surf. The surf medicine is real. We do a psilocybin practice, a ceremony there. Um, and yeah. we're in the jungle away from all the distractions and just you, your sisters, the truth, nature. Um, Amazing. So yeah. We do that so if, once a year. And it's for people who have gone through. Gone through okay. So if anyone is interested in any of that, where would they find you? Right now, the best place is just going to Instagram, Ray Taff. Okay. Um, every post is going to give you a little bit of insight of Selm. There's highlight reels about Selm. And then there's an application in my bio. And if we get, you know, if we're halfway through a cohort and we get enough applications, we're always open to starting new cohorts and kind of staggering them. So we run Selm all year long. Amazing. Ray, thank you for being here. I'm so glad we finally got to connect. And I'll put all the info for you guys in the description of this podcast go check it out. I just love your Instagram page in general because I feel like you have a lot of wisdom and a lot of this energy comes through. So if you guys are feeling that, to go check that out as well. Again, thank you. Thank you so much. It was so good to be here and connect with you in this way. Thank you guys for listening. Thanks for listening to the Velvet's Edge podcast with Kelly Henderson, where we believe everyone has a little velvet and a little edge. Subscribe for more conversations on life, style, beauty, and relationships. Search Velvet's Edge wherever you get your podcasts. 
right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited-time 2% cashback on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. This is Malcolm Gladwell from Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride-or-die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply.